Hey everybody, welcome to the Access Podcast. Thanks for joining us. It's Kimmy and Jake. What's up? So today we're going to be talking about God's purpose for our lives. And so part of our goal in this is we want to equip and mobilize young Christians in identity and evangelism. And so today our three topic points are going to be um, God's kingdom is expanding. We are going to talk about overcoming the fear of opinions and catching God's heart for people. Yeah. So as we um, talk about God's kingdom expanding, I was doing a little bit of reading and I was reading this Pew Research article. And this Pew Research article uh, talks about this. This is one phrase. The secularizing shifts evident in American society so far in the 21st century show no signs of slowing. And so it kind of, it takes statistical and analysis of, of how Christianity is declining. In this Pew Research article, it shows that Christianity has declined by 12%, meaning it was 75% of people identified as Christians 10 years ago, and now only 63% of people in America identify as Christians. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that's, that, uh, that, that trend isn't going to slow down. So like more, the Christianity is losing its influence in America. And so I, the reason I shared that article is because that seems to be a type of narrative that I hear often, which is that Christianity is losing its influence. Christianity is outdated. You know, we're fighting this culture war and we're fighting against the powers of darkness. And it almost seems as if we're constantly trying to um, convince people that Christianity isn't outdated, right? And mm-hmm. we're 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 constantly sold this narrative that it is and it's old fashioned and we have to almost we have to change the way we do Christianity in order for people to catch on to it, right? Yeah. We have to almost like make it trendy or we have and and I just reject that. I mean, not that I I think the research in Pew is probably accurate that less people are identifying as Christian now, but I don't think that means that God's kingdom isn't expanding. Hmm. I think God's kingdom is expanding, and I don't think just because, also this is another point, just because you identify as a Christian doesn't mean that you're actually a Christian. Right. I think, you know, we all have, I don't I know your story a little bit, and I know my mm-hmm. story of like growing up as, as a high school or teenager, I would have always identified myself as a Christian, but... I don't know if I really got, like, I don't think I got saved till I was like 19. Yeah. I don't know. What, what's your story with like identifying as a Christian? Yeah. Like, Basically, I was not growing up. And then my junior year of high school, I committed my life to the Lord. And from there, I started. But it was a slow process. And I was still in the culture of, I went to Wyoming High School. And so no one there identified as a Christian. So it was kind of me almost living two lives at first of being in the church I was learning and growing as a Christian but then at school I kind of just stayed quiet and I didn't really do the mission of sharing the gospel sharing the love of Jesus yeah until like my senior year when I started acting on boldness in that hmm. yeah so I, I just to first off to say I think there's something that I don't know if you you come across this but people love to share statistics mm-hmm. right people love to make their points using data, statistics, especially skeptics and atheists and people who try to attack Christianity use uh, data in order to make their point. And I think as Christians, we need to be 
we need to be mindful of statistics and we mm-hmm. need to take it into consideration, but we can't become a slave to secular statistics. Yeah. So just because Pew Research says that Christianity is losing influence, that doesn't mean that Christianity is actually losing influence just because Pew Research writes an article, right? Mm-hmm. No, I think we could look at the trend and say, okay, let's an- analyze that and say, what does that mean for our society? But let's not be a slave to what these research firms say about God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of where I want to go next is the fact that God's kingdom, so his influence, his reign is actually growing. And the the realm of influence that God has on the earth is expanding, even if like, even if we don't. So I want to share some statistics from Lifeway Research that tracks the influence of Christianity across the earth. So I just said we shouldn't rely on statistics and I'm going to share some st- statistics and it doesn't mean that we need to say these are the only statistics. It's just, these are counter statistics to the research that we found in Pew, which says the influence of Christianity is declining in mm-hmm. a sense. Right. And so in the 1900, twice as many Christians lived in Europe than in the rest of the world today, almost 640 million Christians live in Africa and 604 million more in Asia, while only 544 call Europe home. So kind of what this point is making is that Christianity is gaining influence in Africa and in Asia more so than in Europe. Mm -hmm. So although it might be quote-unquote declining in America, the influence of Christ is increasing in other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. So then in Iran... There are approximately 2.2 million Christians, which is very profound considering that Iran is hostile towards Christians and that it's not illegal, but it's very dangerous to be a self-proclaimed Christian in Iran. Right. And so, and then in Mexico, the Protestant or the evangelical movement has grown from 7.5% of the population to 11.2% in the last 10 years, which is which is crazy amounts of growth mm-hmm. in Mexico. And then in Cambodia, the number of Christians has grown more than 300,000, an 8.8% growth rate in Cambodia. And then in China, an estimated 60 million Christians, although the number cannot be verified because of the underground church. And so you have 60 million Christians in China, probably more than that though, in China, which is, it, it's illegal in a sense to have to truly live out Christian, the Christian faith and values. And then in Africa, uh, Protestant Christianity is growing at a 2.86 rate each year throughout the continent. So once again, this is from Lifeway Research. And so I, I, I say this because we have to be, as, as Christians, we have to be sold, we, we have to contribute to the expanding of God's kingdom. And part of that is filling our mind and praising God for what he's doing in the earth. He's mm-hmm. praising God for what he's doing in our lives. But we're also, we have a bigger scope of the global church and say, well, God is covering the earth yeah. with his influence. Yeah. And it's incredible. It's incredible the the statistics and the what God is doing in Mexico, Cambodia, China, Africa, and in all other parts of the earth. Yeah, I think it's really encouraging um, seeing how the gospel is being sh- spread and lived out across the earth and not just even in America um, and seeing how like in America we're free and it's free to live out the Christian life and how how much 
encouraging is that that we we're seeing people across the globe risking their lives, giving their lives to Jesus, but we get to do it for free. And so how much more encouraging is that, that we get to go share with people for free with our freedom and not risk our lives doing it. And so that just encourages me even too. like, why am I not sharing the gospel with people? Yeah. People in Iran and China are risking their lives to even follow or claim Jesus. And yet we're afraid to pray for our cousin. You know what I mean? Right. It's just crazy. But, and that's where I think I've grown so much in the last five years specifically is I, I, you almost growing up think that as an American Christian that you're privileged, right? Because we have freedom. But all the while, you you start to realize that people who are Christians in Iran and China and in places where there is oppression of Christians, mm-hmm. those are the leaders. Right. Like, we need to learn from them. Yeah. Like, we have all the research, we have all of the internet and we have all of the resources that we need to grow in our knowledge and understanding, but they are faced almost with that fire, like that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, where it's like they need to stand for their faith. Like, and if they if they do, they'll die, but they're willing to risk their lives for it. Mm-hmm. And I just go, wow! Like, if God's able to do that in such a like areas and countries of oppression, like that means that there's there's a piece of of Christianity, like there's a way and a perspective that. I'm not living in right now, and how do I get there, right? Right. How do I get to this place to where, like, I'm abandoning my fear of opinions, my fear of other people, my fear of, right, being rejected or any of these things that I'm afraid of? Like, how do we we glean from these other Christians in other countries in order to live out our faith more, more passionately and more truly? So as we think about God's kingdom expanding, what what do you feel like are, like, everyday obstacles or some different things that stop us from participating in God's kingdom expanding in, like, in our realms of influence. Mm-hmm. So we have young people who are very uh, very passionate about God, but we often get stopped because of different things. So what are some things that you feel like are stopping us from expanding or covering the earth with goodness of God and the kingdom yeah. of heaven? Yeah, I think a very big thing for me personally and for people that I know is just like fear fear of other people's opinions, fear of failure even. Um, and I think another thing is really not being tuned in with the Holy Spirit of like being led by him. And so how many times are we just living our days not thinking about how can we be expanding the kingdom? How can we share the gospel? But we're so self-focused on ourselves that we don't, we're not tuned in and we're not asking the Lord, God, how can I be used right now? How can I go share the gospel? Who who are you highlighting to me to go share? Um, and so when we're not tuned in, we often don't feel led. And so in that aspect, we we aren't stepping out and we're not sharing because we're so self-focused on ourselves. Yeah, I think the fear of opinions, I think, is is massive. Yeah. Right? Like fear of being rejected, fear of being thought of as weird. Mm-hmm. Right? I think of the song, if you've heard, do you remember the song? You might be, you might be too young. Jesus Freak. No. What will people do? No, crap. What will people <laughs> think if they know that I'm a Jesus freak? What yeah. will people do if they find out it's true? Anyway, so we have this, that dates me. Um, <laughs> we have this fear of people's opinions, right? We, mm-hmm. we want to be like, we want to fit in. We want other people to like us. We want right. to be 
we want to belong almost to an unbelieving culture. Yeah. We don't want to be considered weird. But I think we have to almost like reshape that framework of like, no, it's weird to not share the gospel. Right. Hmm. Like if you're not sharing the gospel, if you don't care about the eternal destination of people in our lives, right? Yeah. And of participating in God's kingdom, expanding in your realm of influence. Like if you don't care about that to the point in which you are partnering with the Lord and serving the people around you, like you're the weird one. Right. Right? Yeah. I'm not, I mean, I might be calling you weird, but I'm more so just saying like the passionate, radical, abandoned Christian who is who is on every day, not perfect, but is but is tuned in. Right. Like that's the normal person. Think of the mm-hmm. craziest Christian that you know, right? Who's mm-hmm. the most radical. Like they're the normal one. Yeah. Like the people like the 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 traditional or the stereotypical Christian who goes to church on a Sunday and right and just goes through their day and is, mm-hmm. you know, is seen, not heard, and is, you know, not making any enemies. Like those are the people that are that are actually outside of the mandate of of of, that Christ has given us, which is to make disciples of all nations mm-hmm. and is to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, right? Preach the gospel. Yeah. And in, in Jesus talking about how, you know, they hated me, they're going to hate you. Like we, we don't like that because we want to yeah. be liked. But the reality is, is when the kingdom of heaven meets the kingdom of darkness there, that's warfare. Yeah. Right. But if, but if we're afraid of, of that warfare, if we're afraid of being hated by people, then we just try to, we blend in. Yeah, I feel like we often try and view, like we look through a lens of like half of the world's lens and half of the kingdom lens. And so that makes people think like, oh, that's weird if you like go out and you share the gospel. It's weird if you're crazy and you're jumping during worship because they're still half looking through like a societal lens of that that is weird. That's not normal to society. But what would it look like if we actually just 100% look through a kingdom lens and we actually didn't think that that's weird, but that's normal. And the people who are just standing in the back because they're afraid to do anything, like that is not normal. Yeah, I. that brings me to like Romans 12 too, right? The verse that says, do not be conformed to the patterns mm-hmm. of this world, but yeah. be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right. And then you will be able to discern what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, I like that analogy of like the lenses where we're looking at it and we're saying like, it's like that new man, old man. Like yeah. we're, we're learning what it looks like to be the new creation. And the yeah. thing that I'll say here is like, I don't know, you we love like the idea of identity, right? Yeah. That's like a huge part of this podcast is like helping people discover their identity. We don't, you don't become passionate by making a decision. Yeah. No matter what a preacher tells you, mm-hmm. it's actually the Lord who does it. Yeah. It's through surrender and it's mm-hmm. through um, humility. That's actually where passion comes from. Yeah. And it's from the Lord. It's from the Spirit. And as we surrender and we yield, that's when we're filled with with passion and and clarity and purpose. Mm-hmm. And so, although we're talking about like praying for other people, like using your influence in your world, we're not telling you just to like go and make it on your own. Right. Like kind of like the point is, is, you're made to cover the earth. And I think you said it in the beginning, Kimmy. You said you said the first thing was fear of opinions, mm-hmm. and the second thing was lack of partnership with Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So it's not just overcoming fear, it's like perfect love casts out fear. Right. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's that idea that as you build the relationship with Christ, he actually 
shows you his perfect love and then the fear is just overcome naturally. Yeah. Although you do have to face your fear. Right. I remember when I when I first started coming to church, I had some pretty wild Holy Spirit friends who just like what to my societal eyes like they were weird and I was just kind of standing next to them and they were going crazy and praying for people all the time and I was like my first initial thought is like, wow, like that's kind of crazy. That's weird. Like, why are they doing that? But what really like changed my perspective was seeing the fruit that came after they did that, after they stepped out in boldness and put themselves out there, like healings happened, right? Freedom happened in those moments. And so that really began to open my eyes to the Lord and saying like, okay, God, like, like the reason that they're, they're doing those crazy sporadic things is probably because like you're asking them to, right? So like, then I started praying like, God, like, tell me to do things like crazy like that and as soon as I started stepping out in those things like I probably started looking weird to other people but that became my reality and then starting to see like the fruits of being obedient to God and not really caring about what other people think like literally like saw I started seeing miracles happen I started seeing freedom happen when I was obedient in those steps yeah there's this old um kind of like preacher story that kind of relates to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So there's an old preacher story about this. Uh, I don't know if it's a guy or a gal, but anyway, there's a person who is like the Lord tells them, go into this gas station uh, convenience store and stand on your head at yeah. the uh, at one of the in front of like the drinks, right? Yeah. So where they sell the soda and the beer and all the drinks. Yeah, St- like go and do a handstand right next to that. Right, and then the person obeys, right, and they're doing the handstand, and then. The cashier is like, I was going to commit suicide. And I told God, if you're real, have somebody do a hand, like a headstand right there. Right. And so I remember hearing that story. Right. And who knows if it's actually true, but it's a, it's a powerful story of like what obedience to the Lord can do. And I remember hearing that story growing up and I was just like, that is so impossible. Like, how could that ever happen to me? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I would never do that. Like, I would Mm -hmm. look so stupid. Right. Like, what if nothing happened? Right. What if... What if nothing happened? But then as I, as the Lord saved me and as he started to show me how much he loved me and he showed me my identity and showed me that other, like his opinion matters so much more than other people's opinion. Yeah. And that why would I let a broken person's opinion affect me? Yeah. Like when he is settled, like Christ came, he died for me. Like he loved me in my sin. He died for me. Like that's the, that's the most important opinion. Yeah. And so if I develop a relationship with him and he, through his Holy Spirit, instructs me to do something that might seem odd, right? Or might seem out of the ordinary, then I do it. And even if I do look silly or I look weird, it's like those people's opinion don't like, they don't, it doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. Like who cares? Like most of the time it's like they're strangers who will never see again. Right. right? Or it's people that are broken in, in of themselves and so they're always going to have negative opinions about other people. Yeah. And it's almost like this crazy thing that we place people's opinions of us, like it's more influential than God's opinion mm-hmm. or even like our Christian community's opinion, right? Yeah. Like we're so, we can be so, it's such an easy temptation to fall into without even knowing it. And that's why it's important to surround yourself with, with passionate Christians who are going to challenge you to not be in the status quo. Yeah. Like, that's why I love our community, right? That's why I love you and Brian and Ray and Audrey and Jared and Kyle, Luigi, Zach and Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. And just we have people that are like 
every day going after Jesus and loving mm-hmm. people. And if you are like status quo Christian, you just like get so uncomfortable. You're just like, mm-hmm. man, these people are just challenging me every day, yeah. right? And then all of a sudden it challenges you to it raises the bar, right? Mm-hmm. High tide raises, you know, raises the tide for everyone, raises all boats. And so that's just why I love our community. And and then the, the key is, and I think the key is this, is that perfect love casts out fear. Yeah. So you're gonna have to face your fear, right? Mm-hmm. Of people's opinions. Right. But then as you do that, you go to the father in relationship and have him speak his identity over you. Yeah. I think too, something like a practical thing that I read one time that kind of also just helped me step out in that is, right, I would, I feel like God would tell me, go pray for that person or go do this. And I would immediately, like all of these what ifs, like, God, what if it doesn't happen? What if this, like, what if that, like, I'm going to look so stupid. And so I was challenged. I read this thing and it said, instead of asking yourself, what if, change that to even if. And so I was like, what does that mean? So I, as I thought about it, I said, okay, even if this person doesn't get healed, like, God, what are you doing in my heart? And it's like, I'm still planting seeds. That's growing my faith. That's me stepping out in obedience. Like, even if any of the fears that you have do happen, it's like, it's not the end of the world. It's actually a growing factor and you're probably going to be planting seeds. And so even if like nothing happens, what if the next time somebody else prays and then it does happen because you planted those seeds. And so it's really like, dying to yourself, letting that perfect love cast out the fear and like taking every opportunity like as it is. Yeah. A few verses that I, for the fear of man, overcoming the fear of man or people's opinions, it says, uh, Proverbs twenty nine twenty five, mm-hmm. the fear of the Lord, or I'm sorry, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Mm-hmm. Hebrews thirteen six. So we can confidently say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And then uh, Matthew ten twenty eight, and do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body. And so as I, I think about those scriptures, I'm just like, okay, so the key is like the fear of man is, is a lie, right? Yeah. And so you're saying what if, reverse the, like what if, what if, even if. One thing that's so funny, we're like so similar, Kim, this is so <laughs> funny. So I used to think the same thing, like yeah. you're going to pray for someone. I, I phrase it this way. I would say reverse the what if. Mm-hmm. So reverse it. Yeah. So your natural fear instinct when you're going to, whether that's you're going to pray for someone or you're going to talk to someone about the gospel, whether it's a coworker or a friend and you're just afraid, you're like, what if they have arguments? What if, you know, what if I don't have the words to say, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would say reverse the what if. Mm-hmm. So you're going to pray for someone. You say, what if nothing happens? Reverse it. What if they get healed? Right. Right. You're going to share the gospel with a friend. You're going to have a tough conversation with a, with a Christian friend who yeah. isn't living Christian, right? What if? What if the Lord's already working in their heart? Yeah. What if he does heal them? Mm-hmm. What if he, you know, reverse it. Reverse yeah. it so you're actually activating faith mm-hmm. as opposed to activating fear. Right. And so the devil's always, God has not given you a spirit of fear. And so the spirit of fear is coming from someone else. Mm-hmm. And if the spirit of fear is hitting you, it means that God's actually in that yeah. and the devil is trying to keep you away from it. Mm-hmm. And I think we were sharing testimonies from a rally. Somebody said something like they had, who was it? They were like afraid or they were anxious to do something. And then they, they use it as a sign of like, that's what I'm supposed to do. Anyway, so it's, it's just this idea that this person, I think it was Natalie. It was Elijah. It was Elijah. He was yeah, at the yeah. skate park. Oh, that's right. It was, he was at the skate park. He was saying that whenever he feels like anxiety about either praying for someone or feeling anxious, when he, mm-hmm. when he feels, or praying for someone or sharing the gospel with someone, 
whenever he feels anxiety, he uses that as a sign that is what God's telling him to do. Right. I'm like, that is such a cool, like that's a, such a cool way to think about it. Yeah, very real. Like your anxiety is not telling you not to do it. Your anxiety is a sign that the devil's keep trying to stop you mm-hmm. from doing what your right. God's calling you Which to do. Which motivates you even more to just go do it. Do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just love someone, mm-hmm. right? Share the gospel and, and, and cover the earth. Like mm-hmm. it's just us working together to use our influence to expand God's kingdom, right? We talked about Iran and China and Africa. The reason those numbers are growing isn't because God's waving a magic wand over those countries. Right. The reason that God's kingdom is covering the earth is because Christians are doing something. Mm -hmm. They're building relationship with Jesus and obeying God and they're loving people and sharing the hope they have in Jesus and the freedom that they found in Jesus. That's how God's kingdom covers the earth. It's his spirit moving and transforming individuals who then transform culture. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want to do. Right. That's our mission as access. It's a mission as our, as Christians. So when I think about Grand Rapids, I think about Granville and all the surrounding areas. I'm like, let's use our influence. Let's just not be a community that comes together, sings kumbaya, right. and has good worship songs and good messages and good community groups. Let's be a community that actually like partners with God to see his kingdom come in our lives Mm -hmm. and our workplaces, our college campuses. Let's see God's kingdom actually come through the life transformation of people that are in our, in our realms of influence. Yeah. God, you got me fired up, Kimmy. Good. You got me fired up today. I hope you're fired up too. listening. This, this is a, this is gold stuff right here. Boom. Okay. So let's, uh, let's wrap this up with our last talking point. Last thing we want to chat about. And so the last thing we want to talk about is how, like, so we're talking about covering God's covering the earth, right? We're talking about using the influence that we have, overcoming fear of man. What are some practical steps to like catch God's heart or God's love for people? Because mm-hmm. that's ultimately what we want to do. Like right. that's why Jesus came is because he loved humanity. Yeah. So how do we catch that like practically to start loving and having compassion on people in our world? Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts? Um, the one thing that really like started helping me um, was your top 10 wanted list um and so that like really ignited a fire in my heart and so i don't know if you want to just share a little bit about that real quick and then yeah so yeah i was at a gathering of pastors and a guy shared this idea he called it his uh top 10 most wanted list which are 10 unbelieving people in his life his friends uh relatives who were not christians and he would pray for them on a weekly basis uh, by Mm -hmm. name and I was just, I was just drawn to that. I was like, that is amazing. And so I picked it up and I had 10 people. You don't have to have 10 people. It can be three people if you mm-hmm. want, right? But I picked it up and I had 10 people on my list. And that was like six, six, maybe seven years ago. And I just started praying for these people. And like, mm-hmm. literally, like, I still do it today. And I, yeah. and by the, by the, it's not me, but by the grace of God, there are only four people left on my list yeah. of my original 10. And That's so I'm awesome. kind of like, the, my, my mindset is like, I'm not going to add people until, until I'm going to see this through. Mm-hmm. So I got four more people yeah. and I have one guy who's, you know, they're all over the country really at this point. And so, but literally I'm starting to see even now, like I see the six and I'm like, yes, praise God. And now I have the four more and there's one guy that I'm like, oh yeah, like God's starting there. Mm-hmm. Right. And I wow. see like potential sparks of, of God's work in their lives. So that's kind of the idea of the top 10 most wanted list. And I recommend that for everyone. Like yeah. that is like, that's a key to catching God's heart for people is to actually 
pray for people. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I remember when you shared that message, it was probably like two years ago. Um, and that like really just like moved my heart. And literally that night, like I made my top, top 10 wanted list. Um, and so literally I feel like we overcomplicate it so much, but we really like, it's starting small. Right. And so it was me seeing like that 10 list of that list of 10 people. And it was me choosing every day to pray for them by name specifically, praying that God would soften their hearts, praying that God would open opportunities, whether it be through me or through other people. And like slowly but surely, like those opportunities were coming up and people like, I've like have started seeing those people on my list, like boom, like they're saved. And I think what's cool is like, because it's only a list of 10 people and like I have relationships with them, I think what's really like encouraging too is like, we're not just praying to get them saved or praying for them to become disciples as well. Right. Yeah, that's and good. so we equip them. We, we see them get saved. We equip them. And then they also take their point of going out and sharing with others. Right. So it's like, we're not even just getting 10. It's like, we're getting the first 10 equipping them and then they're going to get their 10. And so really, I think a practical about like seeing God's right, like will like his plan like cover the earth is like starting small like even just for me it was like getting those 10 people starting to see those 10 people those 10 people get 10 people and then like as you start small it grows into a movement right i think that's one practical way of seeing like god's love expand yeah like catching god's heart right i it's like this funny thing it's like we want to we want to catch god's heart we want to have god's influence in our lives and I think what it comes down to is that you can't catch God's heart without knowing God, mm. right? If you yeah. want to cover the earth and see God's kingdom come, it's not a matter of us. It's a matter of him. Mm-hmm. You know, I shared that phrase, I think, in, at a, on a Thursday night. I said, you know, it's Matthew 6.10, which is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And it's just this idea that, like, we want our life to be so full of heaven that it just, like, overflows, Right. I want my life, like Jesus came to make my life look like his. He came to forgive my sin, to make me clean, to make me righteous, to make me pure, to make me a son, to clean my conscience. Mm-hmm. He, made, he came to make my life look like heaven in order that my life would start to look like heaven. Right. So that from the inside of my life, just from a pure connection of God and love for God and love for people, he changes me from the inside out. And then my world, my influence, the people in my life, they start to get a taste, right? They mm-hmm. start to get a glimpse of the change that's happened in me. And now they see that, right? And so mm-hmm. we bring that down. How do we catch God's heart for people? How do we catch God's heart for people? You have to know God because yeah. God is love, right? Right. And so as you know God and as you love him, he expands and grows your heart, grows your eyes, heals you on the inside, and now you actually have the ability to love people yeah. with no strings attached. And that's where, like, I just, I just love how Jesus does that in us. Is that he, he changes us from the inside out, and that it's not a matter of us doing things for him, but it's doing things like from him, like mm-hmm. from relationship with him. And he changes our heart and our vision to be able to, to be able to reach people Mm -hmm. and love people effectively. Yeah, that's good. I think a big factor about that is um, identity. Like you were saying, like once you know who you are, you can then like share with other people too. 
like the truth about what Jesus says about them and how even just like the simplicity of identity can really like change people's lives. Hmm. So as we kind of wrap up this episode and we think about kind of where we, where we went, right? So we talked about how God's kingdom, or the world will tell you God's kingdom or his influence, Christianity's influence is, is diminishing. It's shrinking. And then we think about the statistics of like in Iran and China and all these other countries, God's kingdom is expanding. I think where we're, we're going at here is like we have a generation of people that want to see right our region, right? Grand Rapids and Granville, mm-hmm. Michigan. We want to see God's kingdom expand. Yeah. Like we're not okay with being a remnant. We want to be an impact, right? So what are some of the things that stop us? Fear of opinions. It's our fear. It's our it's our caring what other people think. So we got to get over that, right? Mm-hmm. And the way we get over that is through connection with Jesus. And then we think about, okay, now that we're doing that, we have to catch God's heart for people. Yeah. We have to, we have to catch his perspective about our world. Like we can't, we can't be, we can't be satisfied with the way that we've been thinking about things. Mm right? Yeah. We have to change the way that we think. We have to change it so that it's consistent with the way that the scriptures teach us to think about our life and our reason for being on this earth, mm-hmm. which is to see God's kingdom like cover the earth, yeah. right? Cover our realm of influence, yeah. schools, colleges, jobs, yeah. um, in our families, right? It doesn't mean that we make it happen, but it means that's our that's our mission, right? Even if we don't see it happen within a two-year period. Mm -hmm. That's what we're aiming for. Right. 